Hello and welcome to TOEFOP. I'm Charlie Clawson. Wow, you said that like it was like, you know, like, and this is the end of the world. Well, no, it's more... This is the final broadcast Dude. that anybody will ever hear before the annihilation of our species. You just blew my big intro. I was like, and I'm Charlie Clawson, and here is... And then I was going to do your big intro. Oh, right. You ruined it. You were going to give me a big intro? <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that, well, you man. Just, you just stepped all over it. And... Yeah, sorry, man. So here's Will Anderson. Will Anderson. <laughs> Not Michael Chamberlain. You've been seeing other co-hosts behind my back, man. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. I left the country. Yeah. Is that what happens on tour stays on tour? Because <laughs> it's actually normally meant to be the person who leaves the country. Like, well, you know, I, I could have done, like, like an Australian cricketer. Um, you know, there was always those famous stories about one particular Australian cricketer. I won't say what his uh, you know, name is. Yeah. Uh, who, like, apparently, like, had sex with, like, 35 women in 32 days on a West Indies <laughs> is that like tour. Is that like Booney's, uh, uh, like, a, been able to drink the tinnies, but just with pussy? Yeah, done 35 women in 32 days. What is it about cricketers and, like, setting records, like, consecutive records? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he was Anything like, but actually scoring runs. Yeah. But the weird thing is, he had, like unlike most cricketers, he had a much better away record than he had a home <laughs> record. <laughs> at home, he really had to grind it out one at a time. Uh, but yeah, I, so it would have been fine if I'd gone away. Yeah, and uh, like you know, obviously done thirty-five you know podcasts with different people. <laughs> Uh, in 32 days, but I've gone out of the country and you've done a podcast with somebody else. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, well, we had a bit of an issue with an episode that as seems to happen a lot yeah. <laughs> with us. An episode <laughs> just fucking went missing. Yeah. And Michael was staying with us. He's up here for a wedding and it was like, well, let's, you know, let's have a go. It turned into, you haven't heard it yet. No, I haven't. But, um, I refuse. <laughs> really? How <laughs> to, do, I couldn't hear. I can't hear talk about time travel. Yeah. It's like, it is essentially like, you know, um, I've gone around, I've split up with somebody, my marriage is split up, and then I've gone around to my old house. To get some furniture or some clothes. Yeah, and, and I've heard, uh, like, my old partner and their new partner fucking. <laughs> and I've stayed, I've stayed around to listen to them fuck. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was different, man. It wasn't, no. it wasn't better or worse. It was, it just, was just different. It was just different. Well, I don't just, want to hear that it wasn't new. better or worse. I want to hear that it was worse. <laughs> Well, what it was, it's funny, listening back to it, it was like, this. we could have renamed the podcast like Catholics, you know, Catholics Weekly. It was just a lot of kind of, we just talked about high school yeah. and being Catholic, and I was listening to it going, we are either going to alienate like a big group of the TOEFOP crowd or people, that, so I made sure I threw in some like priest rape jokes and, yeah. you know, just kept the TOEFOP audience, you know, fed. Yeah, well, the Pope's going a bit edgy as well anyway. Yeah, the condoms. Condoms. Whack them on if you're a male prostitute. I love that that was the example he went with. Is that, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah so right. he said, like, because he was basically saying that, because the whole idea of it was, he wasn't saying that wearing a condom wasn't still a sin, but he was saying that, like, if you were weighing up sins, yeah. Uh, so if, like, committing one sin could prevent a, like, more serious sin, then you could justify committing that sin literally less of two evils yeah the lesser of two evils yeah. exactly so um and so he used it in the context of hiv yeah and he was like if you know if a male prostitute could stop his like you know customer from like getting hiv by wearing a condom then that was fine yeah I, I thought the weird thing was like isn't there some problem with like male prostitutes or is that fine in the bible you just um, can't wear a condom i don't know actually i mean prostitution... an interesting example prostitution was around before christianity no so I don't world's know. oldest profession they yeah, say exactly exactly yeah. so I guess I don't know I mean I, I wasn't I think I think Jesus had several whores like convert and follow him yeah. wasn't Mary Magdalene 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get fucking yeah. I'm gonna go. get the Catholic League. I'm sure one of the women in the Bible, there was a Mary or someone who was yeah. who was a former. One whore. of them was a whore. <laughs> That's I, what you're saying. I've read was. the Bible, and at least one of them was a whore. I knew. I know there are. Are wh- you getting the Bible confused with Motley Cruz the Dirt? <laughs> <laughs> no, there are whores. There are whores in the Bible. Yeah, uh, but are they sinners though? Yeah, they were sinners, but you know, and then they and then they. Well, you know what? They don't actually. I don't think they go into a lot of detail and say. I mean, the the one I'm thinking of, whoever her name was, Mary, whatever. Mm. Let's just call her. Apostle X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to like you know, get libelous with any people who've been dead for two thousand years. Yeah. Imagine but, uh, being sued by a fictional character <laughs> from the Bible. You call me a whore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, she. It doesn't actually say like she. She started following Jesus, but they never yeah. actually say whether or not she. You know, gave up a the day horse. job. Yeah. yeah. Well, how are you? Tra- how are you traveling around with Jesus if you don't have like some money coming? I was going to say like yeah, and it, that's the easiest profession. Yeah. I mean, they had fishermen; they can fish anywhere. Yeah. And she was a fisher of men, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, she was. They were equivalent of the deadheads. You know, the people who follow around the Grateful Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they go to all their concerts, and yeah. they're really or like they're, the people who are really into fish. That so band, does, fish. So does that make her kind of like a groupie? If it was like almost famous, and Jesus was like the lead singer of Stillwater, does yeah. that make like? Um, would she be one of the groupies? I guess so. Kate or, Penny Lane. Yeah, she was uh, at least a hanger Jesus on. Jesus must have had groupies. Oh, Jesus would have definitely had groupies. Because like a guy, a bit of fame, you know, like he's, he's popular. Yeah. He, he was he was it in a bit for three years. Like yeah. he would have definitely had groupies. Definitely. Where and, would they Where would they have waited for him? He wouldn't have had a dressing room. Right. Like Jesus' three groupies. They would have had to go through the others, the other apostles. I imagine the apostles are much like uh, Entourage. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, so if you imagine that Jesus is Vinnie Chase. Yeah, right. right. And then, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, Peter, I guess, was like... Uh, Drama. I know, Peter would, like, because he was the number one guy. The closest one. So, so he'd, he'd be E. e. Yeah, 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 right. He's his advisor. Judas would have been, like... Well, there is no Judas really no. in Entourage. But, like, Downing Thomas. Thomas would have been, like, uh, Drama. Yeah. Don't you reckon? I guess so. I don't know. I, I can't really think of... of, yeah. of I, I'm, I'm just worried that we're going to run... I won't know anything more about any apostles when we right. get to Turtle. Like, I mean, what kind of what kind of stereotype is Turtle? He's yeah. like the... What is well, he? he drove him around. He got stuff done. Who would that be? I don't Bit know. of a party guy. <laughs> I don't know. We don't really... We just say it. Paul. Yeah. We don't, we don't know what Paul was like. Let's say Paul was the Turtle of the Apostles. Totally. Like that. Yeah. That, flo- that floats. So, yeah, but basically... so Matt, And so they would have had to go through... So the, the groupies would have had to go through... The entourage. Would Jesus and occasionally, if he'd wanted to get off with Jesus, but you know, obviously, he couldn't get off with Jesus because he was out, like, you yeah, know, Peter he- would healing lepers or stuff. The spilling over. Yeah, Thomas would be in like Flint. Do you think Jesus, like, when he gave his sermon on the mount, he kind of like elbowed Peter and said, like, just pointed to the front row as he was yeah. talking? He just sort of gestured with his hand and pointed like one, two, three yeah. in the front row. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, basically that's right. And then they would have come back for a special sermon on his mount, <laughs> so to speak. Isn't there? Isn't there like a school of thought that Jesus had kids? Oh, really? Isn't it? The sentence of Jesus Christ. It's tough to live up to. Because, yeah, I'm not sure. I guess, are you are you getting most of this knowledge from the Da Vinci Code? Or something like that, Because I believe yeah. that that may have been one of the plots of the Da Vinci there's Code. Been, people were like direct descendants of there's Jesus. There's the, the fifth gospel and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the, 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 one, the thing I don't understand about those like mm. Christian conspiracy films is like, so just say there's like the hidden gospel, but the one that the Vatican is guarding. Yeah. Burn it. Like, you know, it's made of really old paper. Yeah. Why do you keep it, like, you know, in a safe where there is a chance that someone could break it, that Tom Hanks could break in and get it? Like, why, why not burn it? I never understand that about anything incriminating. Like, when these files are found, like, can't you just destroy the files? Yeah. Like, I clear my history on my internet once a week. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I clear my laptop as often as I can. Like, why with the, these, like, the Pentagon, why aren't they deleting these files yeah. forever? Yeah, you're never going to have WikiLeaks 
like you know leak to the internet your internet history because you are constantly getting rid of that information That's right. but it seems that when you're like some dodgy stockbroking firm or whatever or if you're like a sporting team you know like the melbourne storm who where all the players had two sets of contracts yeah what the fuck was going on and with then that? they kept the secret contracts like they kept them yeah at the offices yeah surely you'd keep them somewhere else like if you're getting audited yeah don't get the documents in the same office. If Joseph Fritzl can keep a family secret under his house for 17 years... You can hide some paper. You can hide some paper. It wouldn't have been paper, would it? It would have just been like on a hard drive somewhere. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, it, can, it doesn't actually even exist. It's just digital. They could have kept it anywhere. Yeah. Or not kept it at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the thing. I don't understand. Why keep records? I guess it's... I guess people keep records in case they feel that later on they may get fucked over. Yeah. And they want to just have that. It's insurance. Like, everyone... You know, I've seen enough espionage films and they yeah. need insurance. This is collateral, yeah. Anderson. This been, is collateral. I've been watching Alias, and I have you. Do you watch Alias? No, I never watched it no. um, because I always had the feeling that Jennifer Garner's face would shit me. Mm. And is it because the pouty chin? There's just something about her face I don't like, and that doesn't mean that she's not an attractive person. You just want she's, a pun- it's a punchable face, not yeah, like literally no, punched, but I never like metaphorically punchable. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. I don't think it's appropriate to punch a woman, no. but she's her face makes it much harder to yeah, stick yeah. to those normal guns. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't know what it is. There's something about her face I don't enjoy, yeah. and this is not to say that she's not beautiful or a talented actress because clearly she's both of those things. She's got a great career, but I just don't like her face. Um, so. <laughs> I've never felt the need to like you know bring her up and tell her. If you like, ever, I've kept that opinion. If to you myself. ever get your Parkinson style talk show yeah. and you interviewing Jennifer Garner, can you can that be your intro? Like, I think that would be a great way to bring her out. Like, because you complimented her, you yeah. essentially said she's a beautiful yeah. woman and a great actress, yeah. but she's got the kind of face you want to punch. Yeah, there's just something about her face I don't like. But anyway, so uh, this flat I've been staying in in uh, in Hollywood. Um, had the box set of Alias, like the, the entire series in a box set. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know what? Because I, I, I really love Lost and J.J. Abrams, you know, yeah. who did Lost. And, and I thought, all right, well, I'm going to have a look. I'm going to actually get in there. And, and I'm, you right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to have a look at Alias uh, and I'm going to watch it. And uh, the first thing about Alias that I have to comment on is that Jennifer Garner's face really annoys me. Oh, <laughs> it really? does. I was right. It annoys me. And, and, and it gets more puffy after series three. Like her lips get really big for the last couple of series. So it shit me even more. Um, but the second thing that is important to know about Alias um, is that, oh my God, like that is show is all about no one who's who they are. Like, you know, every single person in the show is always a double agent working for some others. And then they're a double agent to that double agency and they're actually a double agent for something else. Right. And... Every week it changes, or every series it changes, and some character who you thought was working for that actually turns out to be working for, you know, these people. And every week the people in it are surprised. <laughs> like, despite the fact that that's all that ever happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, Alias is the Jerry Springer of dramas. Yeah, because totally. every week it's like, ah, I'm not actually your wife. I'm a transsexual horse. But I used to feel that about The X-Files. Like... Season one, season two, okay, Scully can be a skeptic. Mm. Season three, season four, all right, how many fucking times do you have to see like something really, really freaky before you go, I'm going to just take off the scientific glasses for a second and listen, Mulder. Like, why? You're wasting so much time arguing with Mulder or trying to prove him wrong. Just fucking, like, don't you think after three seasons... But like there's some weird shit going on. And you work for yeah. a department called The X-Files. Like, it's got a spooky name. I know uh, last week I got teabagged by an alien with 15 balls. 
But I seem to have forgotten that, <laughs> and I don't believe in aliens again this week. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've been watching Alias, and um, it uh, it just is like every week some, someone's what? a mystery person. So it's called Alias because they all have aliases. Yeah, right. Basically, yeah. Okay, so if I can summarise the plot really quickly. Uh, basically, um, uh, so Jennifer Garner is recruited into this, like, secret agency, right? Which she thinks is a, a branch of the CIA, like, yeah. a, like a black ops division of the CIA. Turns out they're this, like, evil secret organisation who are trying <laughs> to, like, get these, uh, like, uh, these ancient scripts that predict the future and blah, blah, blah. And that's right. essentially then the plot that... Everyone is after these famous scripts that tell the future, and it turns out that Jennifer Garner's character is very much involved in that. But her dad, who she's never met, also works for this secret agency, but it turns out they're both double agents for the CIA. Oh my God. And then, but Michael Vartan yeah. is in it, or um, uh, as he's called uh, in the show, Michael Vaughan. Because they obviously were like, well, well, we don't want to change his name too much. Yeah, right. He's, <laughs> like, an, he's an easily confused actor. Yeah. At least keep his first name the yeah. same. So when we ask him to turn up on set, he yeah. knows we're talking about him. That's right. Yeah. If, we, we, if we can just go, hey, if we can refer to him as Michael V at all times, he will not get confused. So you know what? When I get auditions sent through for a character called Charlie, in the back of my mind, I think, well, I've kind of got this. My name's Charlie. I am Charlie. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> he's a transsexual pedophile, but... <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, it's, it's Charlie. all the name. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and he's like the kind of the male male lead. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, um, the gym I'm going to. Uh, so I've been watching all these episodes of Alias. Then I've gone down to the gym. Michael Vartan is at the gym. Yeah, right. Right. Which is yeah, probably pretty normal. He's an actor. He lives in Hollywood. He goes to the gym, right? Yeah. But when you've watched like about twenty episodes of Alias in a row, and then suddenly at, you're at the gym and you see a guy who looks like Michael Vartan. You see my a special agent Michael Vaughan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, this is a massive conspiracy. <laughs> no one in this gym is who they appear to be. I'm on to you, motherfucker. <laughs> And um uh, and, and because some friends of ours know They're tackling him in the fucking <laughs> weights room. Call, Citizen's arrest! Citizen's arrest! <laughs> He's working for section six. He knows where the Remboldi texts are. Or do you like uh you sneak up beside him at the urinal and just like, hey <laughs> He's yeah. like, hey and then like hey yeah, I know what's going on there. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> I know you know who you really who you really are. You just see him reaching for his fucking taser in his gym bag. <laughs> he fucking tases you, you shit your pants. <laughs> I um the funny thing was I almost <laughs> did talk to him because uh, we know some people who know him yeah right and because he did a, a film that a, a friend of ours made and and in that time he met some people that we know he's got a Southern Cross tattoo on his forearm really he loves Australia right does he love bashing people on the beach at Cronulla is yeah. that he was like is that the bit of Australia he was really into it's funny the last time I saw him uh, he was in Melbourne for some poker because he, he he literally does you know he spent so much time out here that he, he grew a fondness for like AFL follows Essendon yeah right um, and he comes out and he plays poker you know quite a bit when the you know Crown Casino brings celebrities out and the last time I saw him he was blind and I looked at his arms and he had all the like cause when I first met him he had no ink on his forearms but both his forearms he had tattoos and he had like it was like, uh, maybe it was like the Eureka Cross or, yeah, right. or the Southern Cross, but it was one of those, it was very distinctly Australian, like taking up his entire forearm. And I was like, oh, hey man, like, when'd you get that? 
And as he's telling me, like, you know, there's that sort of certain clarity that drunks get. Like, I could hint the just like a little bit of regret. Because when he was out here, like, he was getting fucking chicks left, right and center. Yeah. Like, I think personally, I know like 90%, 90% of the women I know, I think either had sex with Michael Vartan or tried to have sex with yeah. Michael Vartan. That like, was going to be my opening gambit to him. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you fucked a lot of people I know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because <laughs> I figured, well, I know them and you fucked them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is like, a, a that's a bonding point. <laughs> that's a degree of separation. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? But so, I mean, that would make sense. If I went to a country where I was like fettered upon and, you know, got taken around to all these great parties and had beautiful women throw, I think I would probably want to get something in that country like put on my arm. But totally like, but you do some research. You do some research. Yeah. Like, you know, you might go to Ireland, you might get a shamrock. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That sort of thing. Uh, If you went to Germany, you'd do some research before you got a swastika. You just ask around and say, I know this is very German. Are there any symbols in this country that are likely to offend anyone? I'm not really good on my history. German history, is there any symbol that might be synonymous with pain and suffering? Just heads up. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's drawn it on my arm, but we are about to ink it permanently. So just before I do that, can we just run through this one more time? Uh, So, yes, I saw Michael Vartan at the gym, but but not just uh, Vartan. It's a, um, it's like a celebrity gym. Yeah, right. What does that mean? I didn't go there because it was a celebrity gym. I went there because it is the gym closest to the place that I'm living. And that is the only way I ever choose So is it a celebrity gyms. gym or is it just a gym in a celebrity town? I guess, well, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. But, what but compared to Australia. Yeah. What I mean by this is um, it's full of celebrities. Yeah, right. Like the first day I went there, uh, Dave Navarro was there. Yeah, right. Which was quite he's exciting. He's fit, man. Yeah, he's really fit. But I'll tell you what else he is. Short? Short. Yeah. He's, he's a real short ass. Yeah, tiny. That's why he wears those fucking heels. He's like Prince. Yeah, right. One of those effeminate kind of rockers. That girl, it's weird. One of those effeminate rockers that girls seem to love. Yeah. I, I've, I, I never understood that with Prince. Like, I mean, you know, I can lo- understand loving him as a musician, yep. but he reeks of not... Like like alpha male, he reeks of like femininity. Yet girls really want to fuck him. Yeah, totally. Like Bowie, I can sort of understand. Bowie yeah. did that kind uh, of. Bo- Bowie's asexual, but asexual, Bowie is like but asexual a- and feminine are two yeah. different things. Yeah, Prince is not by any means ever like Bowie would be a handsome man whatever he wore. Like if Bowie had decided to be like a labourer yeah. and he came home from work at night in like you know his King G's and yeah. orange you know you know reflective <laughs> vest, he would still be a good but looking man. Stardust uh, lightning bolt across his face. Yeah, that's right. Uh, whereas Prince, in the same situation, would be that weird guy yeah. that nobody yeah. like. You wouldn't even let him near the stop and slow sign. No, he's just a weird looking dude. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's one of those things like with those like Dave Navarro and Prince especially like. It's kind of when I see girls kind of like who are into them, I get I, I get a good gauge of like what the sex must be like because I kind of get the feeling that they want something beautiful that they can crush. <laughs> like I don't know because women don't often get an opportunity to be like you know the the physically dominant force in bed, but I think they would look at those you know petite little lady men and yeah. think, yeah, fuck. I mean, he's sexy, but I'm I'm going to toss him around the bedroom. I'm going to put him in a headlock. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Know. I don't know. He was very sexual though, Prince. Yeah. Like, I mean, all these songs were just like... Yeah. Well, know. we talked about that with... with uh, oh, actually, maybe we shouldn't talk about it. With this other person who I once spoke on a podcast with <laughs> about Cream, about whether or not... Was that song about... Uh, was there a metaphor or was it literally about semen? No, no, because it was all like you know, 52 positions in a... No, that was Get Off, wasn't it? Get Off. 52 positions in a one-night stand. That's yeah. a lot, by the way. Cream, get on top. Cream, you will cop. Yeah. 
Korean Korean. Like, it has to be about semen. Yeah, I don't think it was like you know pay off from like the got milk people. <laughs> <laughs> hey Prince, could you just drop a reference? We, we, look, to be honest with you, people are a lot more health conscious these days. Uh, you know, they're cutting down the calories that they do- we are just not getting through as anywhere near as much cream as we used to. <laughs> could you drop it into a song? Though? I reckon someone would. I, I I don't know if he sells his music, but that seems like a no brainer for some dairy company. Your father is probably like yeah. negotiating with someone to get the rights. For I would it. love that. I would love if my I, I review, it was revealed one day that my dad and his dairy farmer buddies had paid off Prince <laughs> so they could use cream. Yeah, do a little farmers advert. But it'd be great if they only did it within Hayfield. Mm. Like it wasn't even they bought it through a national campaign. It was to sell to the four thousand people. It's I, like they've spent like a fortune getting the right rights to this song to four thousand people. I am printed th- the lyrics in the Hayfield newsletter <laughs> that comes out once every two weeks. I would have thought. That um, it would be more like a, a full Monty situation. So, like, I don't know, somebody's farm's going under. Mm. And, you know, like, the bank is about to foreclose on the mortgage and everybody in the town gathers around to do, like, a full Monty-style show to raise yeah. money to save the farm. And, and Dad and the farmers <laughs> would do some sort of well, yeah, dance so. <laughs> to cream, <laughs> you know, by... And maybe like uh, they could do do the shake, uh, you know, the milk do shake. Do the shake, yeah. do the milk, do the yeah. milk, do the shake. Yeah, yeah. all like, the dairy themes. songs. All the dairy theme songs. What else is there? Is there a cheese song? Uh, is there a cheese song? No, I don't know. No? I don't know. There must be a cheese song. I don't think, I don't. I don't know. Your own personal cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're doing parodies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So you're at a celebrity gym. Yeah, okay. So, so far, I, I'd seen Michael Vartan. Yep. I had seen Dave Navarro. Mm-hmm. Um, then I saw, uh, oh, Jim from The Office. Oh, now, the, 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 US the tall office. guy. Yeah, 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 the US Office. Yeah, what's his name what again? his name is. Come to me. But anyway, I saw him, and he would have been the, the biggest celebrity I'd seen that day. Yeah. Until something absolutely amazing happened. Oh, cool. Uh, at my gym, Charlie, Fabio. No shit. Yeah. The right. Fabio works out at my gym. Wow. And I've got to be honest with you. He was just finishing his work. Yeah, you know, he's finishing his workout and he was going in to like, you know, have a shower. Yeah, yeah. And I was only about halfway through my workout and I cut it short. Yeah, of course. Just so I could go into the changing rooms at the t- same time as Fabio. Is he still in good nick? Mate, he looks unreal. He looks better than he ever did. Really? Yeah. Totally. Well, I think he probably... Well, he's the most beautiful man in the world. Like... <laughs> exactly. He looks like he's just stepped off the cover of a pulpy uh, book. Uh, he um, he looks great. He looks exactly the same as he used to. Yeah, he, right. I, is, he I, still, I, is he still, like, working? Is that his job? Would there be much call for... In the, in the digital age, uh, would there be much call for, like, a... No, a, mo- a hunk model for Mills and Boone type romance novels. I guess so. I mean, I guess he's just famous being Fabio. Yeah. But I, I, I got to be honest with you, with the amount he's at the gym, I'm not sure he's at working a lot of hours. Yeah. Because every time I go there, he seems to be there at the gym. Has he still got the long hair? Still got long hair. Is it blonde still? Or is still it blonde. Now? No. Oh, mate. Like Artificially grey? Yeah. No, I'd say there's artificial work. But does, it look, does he look like a wrestler? No. That's the thing. He looks great. Yeah. Whoever's doing the work is yeah, doing right. good work. And he he, he he hangs out at the gym for hours at a go, like, and he'll um, lift weights and stuff, and then he just tunes ladies. Oh, you're kidding. That's awesome, yeah. really? So it's just like he's working out, and then he just goes over and leans, like, where women are, like, you know, working out, and he's wow. like, hi, I'm Fabio. Of course you yeah. would, because he's fucking Fabio. <laughs> 
I would love it if, like, in the change rooms, he actually got changed into one of his yeah. outfits from the book covers. So, like, he's seen put on some tight pants and, like, yeah. a puffy white shirt ripped C- open at the chest. Comes, comes out on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Every right. night when he's leaving the gym, he gets on his horse and just, like, runs off as his hair flies behind him. It must be hard. Like, if you're working out with this famous people, mm. like, you must be just, you know, turning your head constantly. Like, I would be just obsessed with looking at the famous people working out because it's not something you get to see, you know? It's like... Because when you're working out, you get reduced to the model playing. You're no longer like a celebrity. You're that fucking sweaty guy who's making weird noises in the corner. Yeah. So is that what you're doing, just watching these guys? Do you so, see how much they bench and shit and like, you know? Exactly me- what I do. Me- mental checklist. That is exactly I'm what I do. I'm stronger than fucking uh, mini-me. Yeah, and everybody else is really cool about it, you know, because they're like obviously used to it, you know. Yeah. But for me, I, like, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I want to ask for autographs. <laughs> Yeah, right. Which would be the most horrible time to but ask somebody thing, for though, man. You know? I reckon they wouldn't care. Like in LA, it is so cool not to acknowledge a famous person. Right. And it's fucking bullshit. So many people are like, oh, it's so uncool to recognize someone. I reckon there's a lot of celebrities in LA who are like, yeah, I fucking wish someone could. I've worked really hard. Yeah, I want, like, to be re- I want to be hassled while I'm trying to work out. Yeah, I've been putting in a lot of hours. If I, want, I didn't want to be hassled, I, like, my, I'm really rich. I could have a gym at my house. Yeah, I've totally clearly right. come out in public. I want people to look at me while I'm, well, I think Fabio. Loves people watching him. But I yeah. had that when um, Michael C. Hall, Dexter, was at the um, table behind me at, at Starbucks. And, like, we were both just sitting there by ourselves at Starbucks. And I loved that show. And I loved him in Six Feet Under and all that sort of stuff as well. And I was kind of like, just go and say hello. Yeah. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Like, he's just the guy. Yeah. Like, and all, if, you know, as long as all I said was, you know. There's only two guys that I've had the courage to, you know, just approach on the street in the States, in LA, and, and say hello to. <laughs> one guy was remember Ferris Bueller's Day Off yeah um, you know Matthew Broderick and there's uh, Mia Sara yeah and then you go down the cast list you remember the two guys in the garage who steal the frame oh yeah <laughs> the guy the not the black guy yeah the other guy yeah I met him at a party right <laughs> and were I, you parking your car <laughs> does he actually work as a valet <laughs> It was really weird. It was a party that some Australian actor, because you know what it's like, Australians all hang out and you yeah. know, they have barbecues all the time and you know, yeah. it's a real community. And so that's a, the great irony of that too, is that, you know, like you come, every time I come back here and there's some sort of uh, issue with immigration, the thing that always comes out on the right wing, you know, radio stations and stuff is, ah, oh, they come here yeah, yeah. and then they just hang yeah. out. Yeah, they don't bother learning the customs. No, they you know what they do? They, they go and find their same people yeah, yeah. and they live with them. Yeah. And then Australians go to London and they all live in Earl's Court together <laughs> yeah, and right. they don't hang out with anybody else. And it's you go over true. to Hollywood and it's like, you know, and you go to gigs and it's like, you know, Australians watching Australians. Assimilate, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this was an all-Australian party and he didn't seem to know anyone there. Like, it was yeah. in the hills and... He may have been a neighbor or something who just wandered in, but I just noticed him at this party standing there on his own, not talking to anyone. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I need to go up. And so I went up and he was so happy yeah. that someone recognized him. And like he, and it, what's great about that level of celebrity is that, because when people get too famous, you know, like George Clooney doesn't want to talk about fucking being George Clooney, I don't reckon. No. You know, he's done it so often and he doesn't want to protect his privacy because he's got paparazzi. Yeah. And he's it, constantly being asked questions yeah, exactly. by journalists and stuff. Exactly. Like he's got George Clooney has plenty of opportunity to express the thoughts he has about the projects that he works yeah, on. Yeah, there's always a listening audience. Yeah. Whereas this guy, like, he told me all these great stories. Yeah. And then the second guy... <laughs> He's going to notes that he prepared in his pocket <laughs> in, in case this ever happens. <laughs> and it then, did, and it then, did sound a little rehearsed. <laughs> eventually you're like, um, okay, dude, uh, well, everyone else seems to have left this no, party. No, no, wait, wait, wait. I'll call the black guy that I did the scene with. We'll reenact it for you. Hang on. <laughs> 
And the other guy I met was of equally sort of, you know, not that famous. Um, a personal favorite film of mine, which I, it took you a lot of convincing to come around to, was Not Another Teen Movie. Do you yes, remember when I, do. I put that on and you didn't want to watch it? And yeah. I said, look, just give it 10 minutes. Like, yeah. it, it'll get there. And it, it's pretty funny. Yeah. You know, what that, that, you, you know what that proved to me watching that movie? What? How wonderful marijuana is. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is a movie that could just not be enjoyed straight, I don't think. But yes, it's, it's a really funny film. Probably a good point. I don't think I've seen it straight. No. But the guy who plays the, the ducky knockoff, you know, ducky yeah. from Pretty in Pink. The yeah. guy who plays, and he's so funny in that film. And I don't think he's really done anything else. But no. I was at an audition and he was in there. And I had to, like, you know, wait until he was done this audition. And then I sort of said to him, oh, man, i got to say, like, I really, really loved Not Another Teen Movie. And he's like, oh, fuck, he's going, you saw that film? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I don't think my own family saw that film. And we had this really long chat about it. And the interesting thing he said was that, you know, when you do a film, like, he, he would have been 23 or something like that. And they were, he's getting a real push. Like, you know, they were going to market like an American Pie or something like that. And he said that you get told by all these people that your world's going to change, your world's going to change, your world's going to change. And he had a small role, but a pretty memorable one. Yeah. And then it hit and no one saw it yeah. and his world didn't change. And he said it was just a really strange kind of feeling. Like there is so much hype in Hollywood, you know, there's so much hype about stuff you want to do. And then that wave just didn't take off. And it's like, holy shit, man. Like, of course it doesn't. Like, that's the dream. We all want it to. But sometimes it fucking doesn't sometimes yeah. you're the guy at the party that some weird Australian wants to come up and chat to yeah uses you as a punchline later on <laughs> I'm not like, using him as a punchline no. but you don't know what I mean though like, but we you know, tell, we're like, telling a, a pitiful story yeah, yeah totally yeah. like I was one of the most exciting people I ever saw in LA was we were having lunch and uh, I don't even know what the dude's real name is but he played <laughs> he played he played Banya in Seinfeld now if you remember yeah, Seinfeld yeah. he was the hack comic that really always annoyed Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, the one who wanted to and he'd be like, with him. it's gold, Jerry, yeah, yeah, gold. Yeah. yeah, that's that's him. I was so excited to see Banya from Seinfeld holding up a bar once. You know, with name when I say holding up a bar, I mean <laughs> he was he was leaning on the bar. It's, I don't mean he was he had a balaclava on. I guarantee the three last three celebrities we've named, they've probably all come out for the Logies at some stage, right? Oh, yeah, because <laughs> that's the level of fame that the yeah. Logies tends to attract. Uh, I always love they... when we bring a celebrity out, and I'm no disrespect to this actor, but uh, for the Arias recently, they brought out. The gay dad from, from Modern Family. Yeah, yeah. Who, who is excellent yeah. in that show. But if I had heard one more radio interview with people going, so you're not really gay. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, this poor guy. <laughs> like, he must like have just come here and go. But weren't you surprised when you found out that um, the guy, Dexter, he's not gay either? Yeah, or a serial killer. No, 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 no. But like, you, I'm talking about <laughs> six feet under. <laughs> Like, because when I saw Six Feet Under, like, I was just... I mean, because it's quite, you know, it's quite... They have quite explicit kind of love scenes yeah. and stuff like that. And I just assumed he was gay. And then yeah. I was so surprised to read out that he wasn't. Him and the guy who played his boyfriend. Yeah. I, it's just, I mean, I guess it's not sort of something that, that goes into the audition. Like, it's not a prerequisite. Like, no. Gay men play straight men, so straight men can play gay men. But it was totally. just... It's just really surprising. But that's what I mean. But it is just a role. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I know I joked about that before, but... Like, no one ever assumes that because he plays a serial killer that he's actually a serial killer. No. But because his character is gay, well, people I, assume that they are gay. Well, I, I reckon that comes down to more that most people would assume that a straight actor would turn down gay roles. Because that yeah. does happen, where a lot of actors... Like, I mean, if you are getting an audition where they tell you that... I mean, they don't necessarily tell you... A lot of people are willing to do gay things off screen to get a role. <laughs> <laughs> they just That's don't right. want people to film <laughs> the gay stuff. 
it's like fuck. I mean, can we talk about the Colin Farrell thing? Can we talk about that, or is that litigious? That documentary. Is no, like, we can talk about like uh, allegedly. Allegedly, well, yeah. it's not. It's, that's it's, what we're not. We, even, don't, we don't even know. No, but we saw this documentary once on Colin Farrell. Yeah, and it's one of those true Hollywood story kind yeah. of things. And it was really. And the thing about true Hollywood stories is, I think the they the, are indeed Hollywood stories. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm not sure about the true bit at the start. It may have just been the way they edited it. Yeah, but it was interesting, wasn't it? That they were sort of charting his kind of. Um, his rise from sort of obscurity to, to fame. And he came to Australia for a bit and did yeah. a bit of modelling. And what we noticed was at each point <laughs> that his career took a little yeah. jump, there was an older gay male. Yeah. Like, you know, the photographer had taken his first modelling shots yeah. and then it was Joel Schumacher who cast him in Tigerland. Yeah. And it was like, ah, yeah. I just... I yeah. just wonder. Yeah. When, when, and, and he seems one of those guys who's totally yeah. cool about it, like yeah. Tom Hardy, who'd probably, you know, I'm sure he may have even come out and said it. Yeah. I know when he played Alexander the But Grey, there was certainly a pattern. It didn't mean it, it didn't mean that he didn't do it. I'm just saying, if we were police investigating the crime, we would first look at the pat, pattern of suspicious behaviour before we eliminated it as an option. So, what are we, the Department of Gay Affairs? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. We're here from the DGA. Uh, we've just got a few questions to ask. Um, so, uh, but, but speaking of the 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 playing gay thing, yeah. The other person that I saw at the gym, and for me, this was the most exciting yeah. of all the people that I've seen, was Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, and if people don't know who that is, it's uh, he's from True Blood. Eric. He's Eric. But he is hot. And all he does in that show is make out with other men. Yeah, Like, right. you know, and women and just anyone. Yeah. He's a vampire. He doesn't Vampires care. Vampires can do whatever they want. Well, he's been, he's been alive for thousands of years and killed heaps of people. Like, Try something. I don't maybe. think, yeah, he's like, well, what who, uh, you know, I'll pass a cat. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I've got a lot of hours to fill in. Don't you love how that's um, that's always used as like an argument about when people are saying, you know, if if they're sort of um, anti-homosexual, or anti-gay marriage, or whatever, or you know, anti-gay lifestyle. Yeah. They always like say it's a predicated, it's a slippery slope that if we allow mm. this, yeah. Then what are we going to say no to? Yeah. Like, if we allow two men to get married, Mary. if a man wants to marry his donkey, we're going to let that happen too? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Where is the logic in that where the species suddenly changes? Like, I'm pretty sure that, like, genetically, we're all sort of programmed to stick within our species. But like, also, you know what? You're allowed to have degrees of things. They have even have degrees of murder. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, th- things have degrees. <laughs> it's like somebody saying, look, if we let somebody use that knife to stab bread... They might use it to stab another human being. They're different things. Yeah. We can have rules against one thing and not another. But people do always make that argument. I've, I've heard it quite often. They go, oh, we'll let people marry their car. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know what? And you know whose fault that is? The stupid fucking newsrooms who yeah. get like, they run out of stories around about October and yeah. they fucking go out and they find some guy in Broadfoot or something, yeah. who, like some biker who's going to marry his Harley. Yeah. And it filters out into the public consciousness and they think people actually fucking do it. It's a publicity stunt. But people do do. Like, I mean, there are people who are attracted to... But they don't fuck their motorbike. Well, no, I think that um, I, wrote, uh, I didn't see this documentary, but Amy was telling me about a documentary. Oh, and it was the one she about, watched it at our house. Yeah, it was the one about the woman who's Who, in, love in love with the, the bridge. The bridge and the... Wasn't, didn't she have a relationship with the Great Wall of China or the, <laughs> like, the Berlin Wall or something at one Yeah, stage? yeah, yeah. He, but, you know, he, he, he wasn't reliable. He was always falling apart. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But no, but I think that was right. And I think then, it was the Golden Gate Bridge. And yeah. yeah, they filmed her. She would go up to the, like, the foot, one of the mm. pylons, and she would hump it. She would yeah. basically like, straddle it. And, uh, and she just had this connection to it. Dirty bridge fucker. Yeah, but uh, I don't think she wanted to marry it. I think it was just like a, right. a, a bridge with benefits. <laughs> 
<laughs> so if she went overseas, she could see other bridges. Yeah, totally. Like if she came to Australia, Australia Sydney, Sydney Harbour Bridge. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> She's the only one on the bridge climb who's not wearing the safety gear. All right, if you got sent, if you got sent to a... If like, you had to fuck any bridge. <laughs> if you got banished, better than that, if you got banished to a desert island and you could only take one inanimate object to masturbate with... <laughs> What would it be? <laughs> and you have to. Like This is you... this is a twist on Desert Island Discs. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, right. like, it's like what what records would you take to a desert island? What what would you take? What inanimate object would you take to masturbate with? With. And if you don't masturbate, like you can't refuse, you'll get like tortured for that, you know. Yeah. And it can't be like uh, one of those like, you know, human sized dummies. That like you know, oh, yeah. that, like that those people marry. No, it they marry them. It can't be an actual sex toy. It can't be designed yeah. for sex. It's got to be something that you are going to build for sex. And it can't be fruit. It can't be anything organic. Right. It has to be artificial. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I must. I must admit, of all the things we've talked about, this is something that like normally when we talk about things on this. The thought has at least at some stage crossed my mind. So yeah. then when we start to talk about, it, I go, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. This is not something that I have ever, ever thought about. Um, do you know what it would be for you? Well, all right. What are the rules? Do we have electricity on the island? Uh, no. No. So I can't no, get a no. vacuum. Uh, maybe a ge- generator. A generator. <laughs> generator. I fuck the generator. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it'd have to be something. It'd have to be something that uh, I think. It can be, it couldn't be too, if I'm, because you're going to have to do it every day. Yeah. Three times a day. You have to. Yeah, every day. Why? Because you've been monitored by, uh, you know, the, the, you've been monitored by, right. it's, it's like um, the, that 60s show, The Prisoner. Right. Like you just wake up one day and you're on this island and <laughs> oh, they're observing just, you and preventing your escape. It's actually just like, uh, um, you know, it's extra, extras from Lost. <laughs> you know, like there was one more. Uh, island. <laughs> there was yeah, one more island, and underneath uh, there was like you know there was just a guy down there. Somebody had to push a button, uh, you know, every 104 minutes, and somebody had to masturbate three times a day with an inanimate object. <laughs> Sadly, that guy never got rescued, so he's still down there. You want to get rescued? He's having a great fucking time. Um, yeah. So I'd want right. something uh, something that like isn't gonna like you know rip my dick up. So like I wouldn't okay. go for like a uh, maybe like a, a Nerf ball. Yeah, right. Can I soak it in the, in the salt water? Oh, wouldn't that hurt, though? What know, if you had any it? open cuts or nicks? Might be therapeutic. You know, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And, I, and help me deal with, like, pubic lice and stuff, <laughs> in case my nerve ball has been sleeping around. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Um, a Sharon. Yeah, that's footy. a great idea. Yeah. Because then you can kick it around. When yeah, you totally. Kick it between the trees when you're bored. Yeah, exactly. But what are you going to fuck? You can't stick it. How small is your dick? You're not getting in that little hole, are you? I suppose you can just rub it. You can just rub your dick on it. Is that what you're saying? You're not actually penetrating it. You're just like I hadn't thought that I would penetrate it. No, no. I just thought I'd. I like see. It. I was thinking it's something I had to yeah. penetrate. So right. I was saying I like a nerf ball because I thought I could get in there. <laughs> what are those um, things? Those uh, like uh, uh, hoppers that when you were a kid. Oh, the those space hoppers. Space hoppers. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, you could say, you could fashion some sort of. Hole in a space hopper, couldn't you? No, that would be, you know, you'd let it, and then you could kind of bounce around and do it at the same time. <laughs> so, well, like, I love you that know, your, you're... your thing. You need a dual, you need a dual purpose object. Well, I just figure if I'm only able to take a limited amount of things yeah. to this uh, deserted island, I might as well take something that I can fuck and have fun with. Use in the times <laughs> when I'm not doing that. That would have been a great scene in Castaway if it had just got. <laughs> <laughs> If it had been like Brokeback Mountain, 
Like if you had done, if you redid Castaway, like Boat Back yeah. Mountain, so it's a kind of like a really like a, a slow moving, highly yeah. like a contemplative uh, drama about one man and his like forbidden uh, passion with uh, uh, was a volleyball. Yeah. I can't, I can't quit you, Wilson. <laughs> um, yeah, so Alexander, you could have you got the tent scene. <laughs> Just before the, the ball volleyball's there, and then Tom Hanks is just spitting on his hands. <laughs> the volleyball's beating its fist on the ground. <laughs> Break ball mountain. Oh man! Um, so Alexander Skarsgård, <laughs> yes, uh, was at the, um, the gym, and I think he is is like a one of the coolest guys going around. But B, I do find him. Like I'm, I'm in Kevin Smith's camp on this one. He's a very he's beautiful, a very, man. very, very attractive man, and I think because he also like you know plays a vampire who'll just bash anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of it's all there. And there was part of me that was like, oh, I would, oh, I'd love to be mates with him. <laughs> I should be mates with him. And like, and I thought I had an in too, which is like I had interviewed Ryan Quanton for yeah. the GQ Man of the Year. He won the GQ Man of the Year, and I did the interview with him for it. So I thought, well, you know, I know somebody who works with him on his show. You know. That could be an in. Yeah. Right. And I honestly, uh, the reason I didn't go up to him was I was like, oh God, I've been working out for an hour. I look horrible. <laughs> <laughs> if I am ever going to have an opportunity to meet Alexander Skarsgård. I want to look perfect. It's not going to be in my old tracksuit pants with my big buffy hair and my face <laughs> is all red from working out for all this time. I was happy to meet Fabio like that, but I draw the line at Skarsgård. <laughs> so you didn't chat to him? Didn't chat to him. Are you no. going to chat to him? You I'm, should. I'm hoping that I will see him again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be great if you did become buddies, like best friends, and you build and you build a, a treehouse together, yeah. and you're always hanging out in it. Yeah. Doesn't he go with Kate Bosworth? Yeah, yeah, that's, good. I, I that, love, that's reason enough to be know, friends with him. Do you know what I would, I would love is that like if you just discovered that me and Alexander Skarsgård were doing a podcast together. <laughs> no, <what? laughs> it's like take that, Michael Chamberlain. It's, me and Skarsgård <laughs> have got our shit going. It's one on. of those things. It's like with Gemma. Like Gemma, always, I said to Gemma, look, if you get the chance to fuck Johnny Depp then yeah, good on you. Like, I can't compete with that. So look, if you get a chance to do a, a podcast with Alexander Skarsgård, yeah. no, I can't compete with What am I going to offer you? What yeah. am I? We're in, we're in my front room yeah. in Sydney, Australia. He probably lives in a castle in the sky surrounded by a river of gold. <laughs> I don't know. He's a big Hollywood star, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, totally. Does he have an accent? I can't work out about... He's kind of got that Dolph Lundgren thing where he looks like he should mm. have like that accent, that kind of... Um, Nordic accent, but he doesn't, does he? Uh, he's Swedish, I believe, though. Oh, so he isn't, yeah, and so is Dolph. Yeah. They look like they should have accents, but they don't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? They're adaptable people, the Swedes. What do you mean? Oh, I don't know. They just feel like, you know, they, they fit you in anywhere. You can fit them in anywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know? They do have a great reputation. You know what they're like? They're like um, those people who have that blood type that's a universal donor. Oh. Yeah, like, you know, how, like, you know, some people have specific blood that they can only get, and then there's a universal donor, which is means that, you know... You Your can... blood is region-free. Yeah, you're region-free. <laughs> I didn't That's know that. right, yeah. And who, are, it... who are those people? They sound like they could be, like, the next generation of human evolution. Like, it's, it's, omni, it's, omni-bloods. It's more rare, but it's, like, no, but it's a real thing, and it's a thing that quite a lot of people have. So their blood is compatible with anyone yeah. who has a blood type for transfusion? Yeah, correct. So that's amazing. Yeah. Where but you're they, right, they are the region-free human beings. Yeah, That's that, exactly where, what they, they are. Where are they being kept? Those people need to be protected. Like yeah. when the I love that your first comes. thought was, let's round them up. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get the Newton Registration yeah. Act going. <laughs> They've got something that we can There's use. Different. Let's round them up and let's just run a series of tests on these people. We need to know who they are and what they can do. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Like we need, I mean, that, that is a, That's a rare skill. Like mm. that, that to me does sound like, you know, the, the X gene is evolving. Is it a recent thing or have there always been omni- 
I'm calling them Omni like that's what yeah. they're fucking called. Omni, what are they, what are they called? <laughs> Just help me out here. They're, well, they're Universal Diners. That's what they're called. That's the, the that's official... a fucking shit name. Like, they need a cool superhero name, like right. Uniblood. But Universal like Diner sounds like a an action movie. Like, it's a sequel to Universal Soldier. Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Universal Donor. Like, he so. goes everywhere that the Universal Soldier has been and donates the his blood, blood to, to the, the victims. victims. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a companion thing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's an expanded universe. You know yeah. how they do expanded fiction? I think that they've just been around forever. I think it's just like a, a thing that happens. But it is a, it's a real thing. It's fucking cool, though. Yeah. I would, I mean, if I was Universal Donor, I'd be fucking strutting around. Mm. If I had anything special about me, right. I'd be strutting around letting people know that, man, my fucking blood could save you. You can have my blood. And everyone in this room can have my blood. Mm. And it's going to fucking, yeah. it's going to gel with you. That doesn't sound creepy. Doesn't it? <laughs> Oh, it sounds does. really creepy. Oh, right. <laughs> like if you were going up to people's going, yeah, if that was your, hey, I'm special. Drink of me. Yeah, drink of me. I'm a universal donor. And you were also a media personality of the year, if I read correctly. Is that right? Thank you, Charlie. I appreciate that you brought that up. I wasn't going to mention it, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, of course. Well, in, in the space of this podcast, mm. you've won two awards. Yeah. <laughs> I've won none. <laughs> and you're not even a universal donor. <laughs> Take that. There is nothing special yeah. about me. No, I did think about that. I was like, Wow, on this team, like we can say this, you know, we have award-winning talent on this show. Just all the awards are on that side of the table. Well, I, I tweeted when Animal when the AFI nominations came out. I tweeted that uh, between Animal Kingdom and, and the Gruen transfer, we got nineteen AFI nominations, and some people were like, "Oh, great! How many did you get?" <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, they got eighteen. <laughs> we got one." <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so I was hosting uh, the the GQ Man of the Year awards as well. Yeah. So I was kind of like hired help. Yeah, uh, for the evening, and um, wow, it was a tough gig. <laughs> yeah, they always are awards shows. Why did you decide to do it? Uh, oh well, because they asked. Yeah, and they gave me money. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah, they flew me back from America. Yeah, uh, on uh, the Qantas A three eighty. Yeah, I'm Gee a daredevil. Good time of the year to be fucking flying Qantas. Yeah, it was cheap. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it was very, very cheap. Uh, and the, but no, I don't. I don't mind. They said, "Miss Anderson, we'll yeah. fly you back." Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, do you know actually how to fly a plane? Yeah, <laughs> might come in handy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, why, why have you given me four parachutes? <laughs> Is that normal? And then they served me lentils in business class, and I was like, "If you do not want." I'll blow out an engine if you keep serving me lentils in a confined space. This is not a good idea. Who's been thinking it through? Who's making the decisions at Qantas at the moment? Uh, but yeah, no, so they kind of said, we'll fly you back and we'll get you to host it. But it was like just one of those things when you um, uh, just everyone ignores you. Like everyone would ignore, like, because they, you know, they're serving oh, while dinner. You're performing, right. And you're like, you're trying to tell some jokes. Uh. And it was really, really, you know quite awkward but then the funny thing was at the end of the night like everyone was wrapped everyone thought it had gone really well and yeah. I was just like were you even watching <laughs> the same show as I was watching I, I got a great review in like the media week that, saying it, was, it had been really good and, and, and all this sort of stuff and I was just like but I did have and this was my favourite <laughs> thing several times in the night people come up to me and go oh Tell you what, mate, I was pissing myself at my table, but everyone else was like, why are you laughing? I was like, don't tell me don't that. Tell me that. Just, just tell me that you, you were, were laughing. You were laughing. And why are other people, when someone's laughing, asking them, why are you laughing? Yeah. I was like, you're right, mate. They're wrong. That seems like a fucking strange response. You know what I think it is? Not that you weren't funny, but I think you were away when the Arias went to air. Mm. 
And that scarred, like I've never seen like the public psyche so scarred. Like Australians have a cultural cringe at the best of times, yeah. but now in the days of social media, that voice can be heard. And I didn't actually watch it. I was working in the next room, but I could hear Gemma in the next room. And it was like, you would have thought she was having like a root canal or a tooth removed, yeah. like the moaning and screaming and coughing and spluttering. And I caught the last five minutes and I thought that I'd caught the worst part of it because it was just so bad. So I, you know, did my little contribution to the Twitterverse. But then, like, I missed, I missed, you heard about the Jessica Malboy mispronouncing debut? debut? Yeah, twice. Debut. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like, I mean, it's kind of one of those things in Australia, we don't, it's always the same old argument, we don't have the kind of, you know, populace to support, you know. So they've got to make a profit from it somehow, they have to make it a TV show, it's the only way. But it's just, I don't understand why they broadcast it. Like, I think it would be better for everyone's, like, self-esteem and ego if they made it a smaller event and didn't try and bring everyone into it because that's where it seems to be going wrong. Some of the best award shows I've been to are the ones that aren't televised, where they've kept it small, you know, and it is for the people in the room. But when you're trying to make it for everyone, it doesn't fucking quite work. They asked me to host the Arias. Yeah. And um, it's, it's rare. In fact, I think it might be the only time ever in my life I've got a call from my manager and he said, look, Legally, I have to run this by you. <laughs> but if you say yes, I'm going to, like, we're going to have an argument. And then told me what it was. And, and I was like, no, that's like a man, you know. Yeah, it was just, it was bizarre. Like, it that, was- is a, that is, like, that, that, that call you get from the manager is the equivalent of, um, you know, you're, that's the British commander who's uh, landed at Gallipoli and said, uh, any Aussies or New Zealanders who want to run up the front? Yeah, that's right. You're going over, boys. Yeah. Well, you- we'll come in a minute, but you guys just run up the front for a while. Well, I think before Nat Bassingthwaite went off, uh, went on, went on. A guy just stood up and just blew a whistle three times. <laughs> she knew she had to go over. I mean, I think that in the future... She ran slow motion to the steps. Yeah. <laughs> in the future, every year, and now that because they, they're saying they might not televise them anymore, I think every year on the day where the Arias were, we should have a rem- remembrance ceremony <laughs> where we get together and we remember, like, you know, Arias host who died over the years. Yeah, that's right. The time that David Campbell hosted them when they're on the <laughs> Channel 9 and they can play, you know, the last post. They can get guest bands to play the last... In excess will do it. Yeah, totally. In excess will do a version of the last post. It'll be fine. All right, um, so check out our Facebook page. Um, we've actually we're almost up to a thousand people liking us on oh, Facebook. Can you sweet. believe that? That's that's really cool. Wouldn't and it be great if we could crack a thousand before Christmas? Yes, that would be my Christmas present. Will oh. to the listeners, I'm saying if you want to get me a present, mm. we can get me a PlayStation Three, but you don't have to, or an iPad. Well, PlayStation Three or an iPad. Oh, you know what? You can get me one of those wireless Bluetooth speakers that can play music from your computer. But if you don't want to get me that. Get, let's get to a 1,000 followers before Christmas. That'd be really cool. I um, went to see Conan O'Brien uh, do you know his new show, Conan. Yeah. And I was really excited about going. And then uh, we drove past the lot where they were making Alan. Yeah. And uh, everyone in the line had got a PlayStation 3. Oh. And we were just like, fuck. I wish oh, we got Alan. Oh, fuck. I would love the free PlayStation. <laughs> That sucks so badly. All Conan provided us with was entertainment for an hour. <laughs> this is bullshit. Free entertainment. Take that. Um, also, you can uh, uh, Twitter uh, and like Tofop quotes. Yeah. Uh, your favorite quotes from the show, put them on there. That always amuses me. And I've noticed what we've said. people have been actually crediting them, which is really yeah. helpful. Thanks a lot. I mean, you don't have to do it, no. but it is good. If you just put a little C or a W, no. um, you don't have to say the episode. Just C or W is fine. We, we should be able to work it out yeah. from there. It makes it, it, it's, it's easier than listening back. <laughs> I appreciate that. And also, can we give a shout out yeah. to our what we're calling our sister podcast oh, yeah. in the United States of America, Walking the Room, uh, who gave us a shout out on their podcast. Dave Anthony. Yeah, and uh, Greg Brent. 
and um, they are really funny guys, and they got a really funny podcast. And uh, they yeah, if you if you like our talk, listen yeah. to theirs because it's pretty much the same thing. Although yeah. they're much filthier, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah, but good filth. Yeah. Excellent filth. If you got this far, you like filth. If you didn't like filth, you turned off when Tom Hanks was fucking a volleyball. <laughs> you were like, I'm not listening to this anymore. If you've got to this point in the podcast, I think you will very much enjoy their podcast. So there you go. I'm Charlie Clawson. My name's Will Anderson. See you next time.